Hi, I'm Charles, your host today for Charles Weekly Partee. Now, before I get started talking about some of the interesting developments in uh, technology and one of what something that caught my eye in architecture, let's roll the intro. All right, so today, I do have a couple of brief things to say. So first of all, regarding the episode that I'm working on right now, I can see in the uh, sort of camera monitor feed that the light just looks a little bit interesting. So um, natural light's messing around and there are flying dust particles, which I can't see as easily, but the camera can. So if you're watching this on YouTube, I apologize, it's not necessarily going to look the best. The other thing to note out is that it is currently hot and humid where I'm recording this, so I'm once again working on getting something set up so I'm not um, stuck recording this in something very, in a very hot and humid point, also during the hottest point of the day, but here we are. So as unfortunate as it is, here here I am recording the in the... Uh, slightly uncomfortable conditions. So short version of that is it's going to be a slightly shorter episode today. But that's all right. I have some episodes are a little bit longer as like that uh, Google I.O. episode and other ones are a bit shorter. So before I crack right into what I'm going to talk about for architecture, I'd just like to share with everyone that I've entered into a podcasting competition. So the way the podcasting competition works is that um, I get to enter something you may have seen if you're subscribed, a little trailer episode. And that trailer episode is the contest entry. Now, in order to, if you want to help out Charles Weekly Partee, um, all you need to do is on either Facebook or Twitter, I've posted on both the link to go and vote for Charles Weekly Partee in in the uh, My Roadcast competition. So all you need to do is you go to the link there, it's safe, it's secure, and it's on Twitter and Facebook, um, twitter.com slash weeklyparty and facebook.com slash weeklyparty. And you can just find the link it'll be the either the top or actually by the time you see this episode it will be one po it'll be the second post that's on the page second most recent post click on the link vote now um, I think it'll have you sign in with either Facebook or Google and then just vote vote for this podcast and you could actually help out because if we win the people's uh, choice award then what that means is that we get a very, or I'll be getting a very nice um, setup to work on the podcast. So right now I'm not I'm not using what's called a what I call a dedicated microphone. So obviously, getting something or getting a upgrade would make the audio quality that you get to hear a lot better, and. It, it doesn't cost anything. All you need to do is go to the link and vote, and 
you can and you can help out. And if if I win that award, if the podcast well, realistically speaking, the podcast wins the award and you guys get the award because the prize makes the audio quality that you're going to be listening to a lot better. But audio quality doesn't matter if I don't talk about much of anything important. So I'd like to talk about a house by the woods, specifically the house by the woods, um, designed by Fiela and located in the Czech Republic. So I always talk about first and foremost, how it interacts with everything that's around it and what my thoughts end up being on whether or not I would live there or problems I see, amazing things I see, you never know. And the thing with the that I'm going to actually go over first is that the interior and exterior walls have a bit of a flowing nature to them. And what that flowing nature does is it really distinguishes, hey, this is, what's the word for it? This is a much, much better, uh, or much, not better, this play, this house is meant to feel more natural. And what gives it away is the, not only the flowing nature, but the more natural uh, material selection and the natural wood finish. So that natural wood finish, and natural as in it looks like it's been sitting outside, so I guess you could say it sort of has a weathered finish. The weathered wood finish really gives it a natural looking feel. Personally, I think that um, you, ha you do have to be careful with the weathered look. I think the way it's done here is really good, but if you're not careful with it, it could just look like the wood got old where it was sitting and wasn't done intentionally. So the way they operated, or operated, the way they placed the wood and made it look deliberate, and also with the rest of the material palette, I think gives it a nat deliberate natural feel to it, if that makes sense. But why is there this flowing nature? Well, the, I guess the simple explanation is it's done to complement nature because nature isn't all lines and parallelograms and rectangles and squares and perfect circles. Nature tosses that out the window in favor of, well, a more natural environment, but by more natural, I'm talking about more free-flowing. So the whole thing with free-flowing is that it doesn't look like it was manually done or man-made. And that's something to be admired because we do a really good job at creating perfect shapes, perfect lines, perfect this, perfect that. And I guess to some degree, the perfection of nature is the imperfection of nature. While a tree forms a 
generally speaking, circular outline, it isn't, if you were to look at a tree straight from above, that outline isn't a perfect circle. If you were to trace it in a special sort of way, I guess, tracing a tree from above, you wouldn't have a perfect circle. You'd have more rigid piece. And th what this is assuming is that the outermost leaves are all are the ones encompassed. So if you have if you have a leaf or, or what do you call it, a gap there that goes straight into the center of the tree that you could sort of see down to the ground with, wouldn't necessarily count that. But I'm I'm sure you get the general picture of just you get a pretty circular outline. But that's not the only thing I'm going to note out. And the way this, or that whole tree outline connects to the uh, house by the woods is that the tree outline doesn't, I guess, resembles a circle, but isn't a perfect circle. And that's the same way with the house outline. It's not a perfect shape of any sort. It's more of an organic shape. And that gives it a free-flowing nature. Yeah, even though par part of it is based on the borderline of the uh, neighboring forest, but the rest of it is free-flowing to maintain that natural feel. Because if if you left off at the exterior walls then I'm sorry, you would not have what I'd call a orga fully organic um, area. But encompassing the interior walls gives the whole structure a seamless feel. So it feels like the walls belong with the exterior and the exterior belongs with the interior. Everything works. Everything clicks, everything just goes along magically. Also, burying part of the site in the hill gives another distinctive um, sort of feel to it. Because, realistically speaking, it's more than easy to avoid building with a hill or build on top of the hill or build next to the hill but not always build into the hill. And yes, I'm aware there are a ton of what I call the non-architectural houses that have, the, or that are built into the side of a hill. I've seen more than one. I know they exist. But this does it in a deliberate way. This is doing it because it feels right, not because that's the most convenient spot to build a house. So realistically speaking, the way everything's laid out with, and I think I forgot to mention the material palette, the material palette is pretty minimalistic with the only colors being the, a more uh, saturated wood tone, so not the weathered tone inside. The weathered tone doesn't exist inside, it's only outside. But having, having that more natural, or, 
more saturated wooden tone in the inside, along with neutral colors, and the only non-neutral colors besides that wood tone are, I think, green and yellow. And not just any green, some... I don't, I don't want, it's not a deep forest green, but it's not a, but it's not a lime green. I'd, I'd say it ends up being more of a, I don't know, lawn green. So the color you might ask, or might see your lawn being, but not that sat, not a fully, uh, I'm not talking about golf course green, I'm talking about nice uh su a nice sunny green color that sort of thing and with a matte finish and that may not seem like a lot but that complements and works with the natural surroundings the library uses it the dining room uses it and the, li the living room uses it we're use they're using that subtle material throughout the property throughout the property throughout the house to um, work for, to connect with the surroundings and to show that to further connect the interior to the exterior because there are floor to ceiling windows you have a great view why waste it and even better have that great view interact look like it connects with the inside so that and that that continues what i call the seamless connection between the inside and the outside and the seamless connection is what really shows that the um architecture is architecture and it's thought through on the topic of things that were thought through well i guess hasn't been thought through is that Windows 11 that I mentioned last week has actually leaked. I said it was there were a bunch of rumors. I pointed out that I had my suspicions on the rumors. But now we know it's not just a rumor, it's been a proven rumor. So the reason I say that is because the installation an installation file for a copy of Windows 11 has leaked. And that leak is... I think Microsoft's not too thrilled about it, but they've, at this point, basically all but, all but acknowledged outright that there will be a Windows 11. Because if you don't believe it, well, the screenshots speak for themselves. Now, and... I'm saying this because multiple sources have messed around with it and shown that it is possible to install Windows 11. I saw part of the installation process. However, um, I do have I do feel the need to mention right here and right now that while this is a cute little thing with multiple sources um, having used it, keep in mind. Microsoft themselves did not intend for this to be released, which means you're not getting it from an official source. To further that, or what that point means is, as tempting as it might be, I strongly recommend against downloading it and installing it. 
because A, you'd have to dig around and to find it. B, it's not even a beta test. C, it's technically illegal because Microsoft didn't release that. You would you are technically pirating software because there's no way to you can't legitimately use a product that you haven't gotten legitimately. And last but not least, because you didn't get it from the official source, there are things that could be bundled with the software that you don't see that are there. And I've had that happen before. Something that I was downloading that I thought was legitimate. This was when I was younger, albeit. But downloading... You can download a file and accidentally download something that's bundled with it that can cause you massive problems. And massive problems in the sense that it's hard to back a computer up when you have something that will infect your USB drive. Had had that happen and that created a lot of work. So think before you download. And I'm not going to go into details about the leak because, well, I'm waiting for the June 24th event about it. So that June 24th event is when I get to actually find out what's going on. Now, what I can confirm is true or what I can also confirm is true, is there's a new Facebook AI. This Facebook AI can actually replicate text from images. So let's say you take a picture of, I don't know, a box or a sticker or something. The AI can actually go and replicate text based on what it sees. And all it needs is really a single word, so... I don't know, I'm looking at something I could, in my uh, foreground here, I see some, there's a box that says Essentials on it. Now, that means that you take a picture of that, it can replicate that font. Now, um, from what I've seen, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good for what it does. And of course, this brings up the whole... Uh, question of is it good or is it bad and the answer is of course it's complicated so the reason it's complicated is because it has both good and bad purposes the good purposes is that if you take a picture of something with an old font that you can't really trace down or use anymore but may maybe it's a font that was hand created by uh, someone special in your past and you want to recreate that well easier said than done the AI makes it look easy um, and is able to take and turn that easier said than done on its head and actually do it not perfectly once again but able to do it pretty well so you could replace the word, uh, you could replace something like the word cake, and it can analyze that. Maybe you write the word eat directly above it. I don't know. 
That's one of the good purposes. The bad purposes is that, well, you can replicate handwriting that you take a picture of because our handwriting isn't perfect. And, of course, it isn't a font because a font inherently has um, a perfect element to it. So whatever font you design, every S is going to look the same, or in lowercase capital, of course. So every lowercase s that you type in a sentence is going to look the same. Every uppercase y is also going to look the same. But when we write, our handwriting doesn't look perfectly the same. And the whole thing with this AI is whether or not it can take a picture that may have some information on it and use that to capture someone's handwriting. And now we have our million dollar question. Could someone like Facebook use it to um, say you signed something if you didn't, or say you wrote something that you didn't? So as, as with any tool, it can be as with any tool, it can be good in the right hands and bad in the wrong ones. So obviously, someone with nefarious purposes could make it look like someone wrote something that they didn't. And someone with good purposes could make something that was historically unavailable now available to not only them, but every other person. And that could be very good and a very strong benefit to it. Are we there yet, though? We don't know. And personally, you have to look at both the good and the bad. Because there are a lot of tools that many of us use on a daily basis that can be used for bad or for evil. But the benefits outweigh the risks. So... We end up needing to make that waiting, and I guess the, the problem here is not as much that it can be used for nefarious purposes, but it can be, you can have someone like a handwriting specialist, historically, if you didn't agree to something, if you said you didn't write something, but someone else said you did, a handwriting ana analyst could actually go and figure out whether or not you wrote it. And with a tool like this, that argument could have to be fine um, tooth inspected. Because having these tools can make it look, or can make something look to be a lot truer than it is. And we, we just have to look at it critically. And per personally, I think... I think the benefits of it are pretty nice. But then again, I think this tool should be used with care. Because if it isn't, well... Things can get... Um, things can get problematic pretty quickly. I mean, personally, I could use it for a bunch of things, having fun and whatnot, but I could 
it would also make it very easy to cause problems. So, I guess the best way to perfect it is to make it obvious if the tool was used. So maybe the tool adds like a little tiny snippet. So maybe it changes a couple of pixels minorly so that there's a quiet watermark. One that you can't see unless you're inspecting down to the pixel level. I think that could be useful because then, well, if someone tried to use this um, in a bad way, it would leave that little pixel print and boom, you're golden. But food for thought. We, we can see... We'll see where it goes. So right now it's still in development, but whether or not it continues that way has yet to be known. Last but not least on today's episode, I want to mention a couple of NVIDIA updates that I became aware of. First of all, NVIDIA will be removing support for Windows 7, 8, and 8.1 um, I believe at the end of June. So if you're using one of those operating systems, they won't be um, supported any longer for the NVIDIA drivers, and also they would be discontinuing support for Kepler GPUs. It's understandable because most of the people who are playing video games this day and age are using um, modern copy of Windows 10, or probably soon, Windows 11, we don't know when that'll be, but we'll see. And, well, I'm personally using a GPU that's out of support, so I'm not getting hit by this as much. But if you do have a Kepler GPU, well, this could be, this is something to note out. I guess my only problem with them doing the, it just, continuing the Kepler GPUs right this moment is that there is a GPU shortage. So discontinuing a uh, discontinuing a GPU while there's still a bad um, market for them, I don't think is a great idea, but here's where we are. And other than that, I, I, I can't complain too much about it. Because at this point, most people are using a modern operating system. And if you aren't, well, I, I'm just going to say you pro you probably should be. And if your equipment can't really run it, then I'd, I'd strongly consider upgrading your equipment. Because running an out of, I hate to say it, but running an out-of-date um, operating system, especially if you're not um, the most tech-savvy, and even if you are more tech-savvy, out-of-date operating systems are or have known security flaws and in the most case in most for the most part Microsoft won't be fixing them if you're running an older copy of Windows and same thing with Mac OS they only support them for so long but back to the point of Nvidia updates um, the other thing is that Nvidia will be slowing the production of their 2000 series GPUs in favor of the 3000 series GPUs so, um, personally, I think this is a um, pretty good idea because um, I've mentioned it a couple of times that the 3000 series is being designed now to be 
um, anti-crypto mining, so you can't really go and use it to mine or use those graphics cards to mine crypto. And the more of those that become available, the better. Um, I know China's taking a stab at um, cryptocurrencies so that you shouldn't be mining it there, although the two largest mining centers are located in China. And we still have the Ethereum switch coming up, so with all luck, we'll stay on the one-year timeline for getting the GPU market restabilized. So, fingers crossed that happens soon, but if it does, I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, I'd love to talk more, but I'm starting to melt here, so I do hope you enjoyed this episode of Charles Weekly Part T. Um, all I'm going to say is my Part T for the week is, well, stay cool, um, get updated, and don't download Windows 11, please. Not until Microsoft officially releases it. And if you haven't, Subscribe to the podcast, um, vote for the podcast in the my roadcast competition on and the link for that's on Twitter and Facebook. Use names Weekly Party. And um, if you go to anchor.fm slash Charles Weekly Party, you can see all of the episodes as well as leaving a voice message or supporting the podcast. Also you can leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see the action, you can always watch on YouTube. So, hope you enjoyed the episode. Take care, and I'll see you next time.